What up, y'all? Welcome back to the Degenerate Take with Des and Max. Today, we have my girlfriend, Shay, on, and she wants to talk about criminal justice. Hi, uh, my name is Shay. Uh, I'm a good friend with Desmond, and obviously, Max is my boyfriend. Um, I'm a pre-law major at the UGA, at UGA, so I guess we're The gonna... UGA. Yeah, the UGA. Prestigious. Prestigious, girl. In the middle of nowhere, prestigious. <laughs> anyway, um, y'all so want to start? you're a criminology minor, and that, yeah. that's pretty important. Yeah, like we we talk about a lot of what's going on right now. We relate it back to um, the injustices, the problems in the criminal justice system. Um, and it's really been eye-opening this semester because, you know, like this past six months have been crazy. Like not even six months, like nine, 10, 12, really. You're going to say 200 years. Almost the whole year. Like it is. Or 200 years. <laughs> yeah, literally. But um, I feel like a lot of attention has been brought to these issues and we're finally at a point where we can uh, convince enough people to actually work to like, hey man, make, there's, there's shit yeah, like you, you can't, at this point, you can't, there's no excuse to ignore the things that are going on. Like, we know that um, the criminal justice system as a whole, it just, it needs reform, defunding, abolition for some people, like, um, we just know that something needs, a step needs to be taken in the right direction, because as we're going now, um, we're relying on a system that's so old, so old. Um, and everything is so different. And when you really look to the reasonings behind a lot of the laws that we have in place, um, like the way a lot of court cases go, like for the person that is being charged, like you, you just start to realize a lot of problems within the system. So let's talk about some of those issues. Um, what, where do you, where's your stance on like abolition versus defund versus fund more like with with police departments in general? Ooh, controversial. Um, so before before like a week ago, I was very like defund the police, defund the police. That's enough. Defund the police, and defunding would just in, entail like taking the billions of dollars, millions of dollars we give the like law enforcement system now and taking that money and putting it into different public services, whether it's health or mental health access, schools, jobs, um, things that we really need and things that through criminology we know are the real reasons for crime. You know, the biggest cause of crime is um, poverty and inequality. And what is America really running on right now? Poverty and inequality. Um, what was the question? The question was like, what what is your stance oh, on abolition? Oh, so I was very, defunding? yeah, I was very defunding. Um, I did an assignment like two days ago, and I'm honestly more on the abolition side. I think that... Radical left, baby. Well, I think that uh, when you really look at it, the police were, when they were established, they were established as slave patrol. So we've had, since the beginning, we've had a group of people supposed to protect us already have racial bias. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, yeah, you can def reform and put these officers through more training, whatever. But at the end of the day, it will, it will cut stuff back, sure. But you can't change a mindset that someone has been in for that long, Um like it just won't work. Like, so if you were to abolish the police, right? Because right. a lot, a lot of the questions that people have with abolition is, 
what what takes its place? What 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 system do you put in to have a law enforcement? Okay, so with abolition, um, there's three steps. It's like defunding, which is regular defunding. So through defunding that first step, you're already cutting their budget and you're putting it into these others like specialized force tasks so that they can handle it so then when you get to stage two you start reallocating their um responsibilities so you have one unit just for traffic and if somebody needs to call someone for a mental health professional right now you call 911 the cops come well in the process of abolition defunding you'll call, you'll actually get a mental health professional on the scene that can come and help appropriately. Um, and then after you do that, it's abolition, abolition, like you get rid of... So it's a transition from... It's a transition. It is a slow... Tra- allocation towards like specific, I, I guess, groups that can, like are trained to handle right. specific situations. Right. Would that still be like coin the police? No. No, no, no. Because at that point, the whole police system will have been abolished. Like, it's gone. This is what's in place now. Do you agree with the idea that there should be some some sort of law enforcement that carries weapons around and maybe assists these other units on their calls that they have to no. go to? No. I feel like there's no reason um, police officers should be carrying guns around. I mean, look at the UK. Their officers don't carry guns, and their crime is less than ours you know the united states is like one of the highest countries first world countries with a crime rate that we have like it's obviously not doing much more so does, does that attribute to guns or the fact that police have guns um guns in general honestly guns in general is a big so if but that that's a big issue because if you took the guns out of the hands of the police they can't protect themselves right no no, obviously not. Like, <laughs> cops in other countries still protect themselves. Like, that's what tasers are for. That's what pepper spray is for. They're, that's what rubber bullets are for. There's no reason why the only option you have if you're not in the military is to sh- kill someone. Like, there should be no reason. And I feel like if we, which is another conversation, but if we work on gun laws and we get to the point to where everyday citizens don't have a gun... Why would our cops need one? Yeah, but I think I think the idea is more that if the cops have to be called to some situations and, well, they're, and they're dangerous, the thing is is that you're walking into it not knowing if this person has a gun or not. And people who do crime a lot, you know, they usually because they know what they're doing is wrong. They also know that the police probably coming after them and the police also have guns so they're going to have bigger and better guns but if the police get rid of their guns it's not like well i better do the right thing and play fair and get rid of their guns and that's part of the reallocating responsibilities part like well there will be a task unit just to deal with dangerous situations like that like we're not gonna you're not gonna send an average everyday like peace officer to go to a drug raid you know what I'm saying? Like, there's going to be, in the specialized forces, there's going to be... Something like a SWAT unit. Yeah, because when you think about it right now, like, cops cops handle so much. They handle drug busts. They handle regular, st- like, traffic stops. They handle mental health. They handle um, intimate partner violence, domestic... Like, 
They have so much on their plate. It's like you can't train them fully for everything that they have to handle in the amount of time that they have. Like they spend an hour a year learning de-escalation techniques. And de-escalation techniques entail like I was reading a paper on it and it was from like the Georgia um, department. And it was like 30 pages of information. And this information, you have to go in depth in every single chapter. They can't get that done an hour a year. There's no way. There's no way. So. Yeah, I just think I lean away from completely abolishing it because I do see the value in still having people who enforce the law and can also protect themselves. But first and foremost is their duty to protect citizens but i do think people who are going to enforce the law and protect other citizens should probably have a gun should it be the last resort absolutely but they but they do need it i think my problem is that i would just like to see way more training i need rules of engagement for police officers just like we have for the military like rules of engagement get foreign citizens of a country we're at war with but not our own citizens. And it's something that needs to change. And it's not something that you can't change. You just simply don't want to. I agree. And that's when I was in the reform headset, that was that was why. Like I felt like it was such a risk to take to not have law enforcement at all because who's there to defend you? But then I had to step back and be like, Okay, I'm a black woman in the United States of America. Nobody is protecting me or looking out for my best interest but myself and other black women because that is what this country is. And so it was like, I mean, I had to think about it. Do I ever call the police? No. If I was ever in a situation, yeah, I'm terrified to call the police. Terrified. I am so scared that one day I will call the police and the wrong police officer is going to show up and it's going to be another... Brianna Taylor situation or a, a Tatiana. Um, I don't know if y'all heard about that, but that was another messy situation. They ran in and shot her as well. Um, and I am just, I don't want to ever, and even if it doesn't go that far, even just the hostility of being with another police officer that maybe have a racial bias or wants to be disrespectful that day. I just, I would not want to put myself in that situation. I ran out of gas in the middle of the road And I came back and there was a police car behind my car and I was running up to this police car and I was like, oh God, oh God, please, Lord, let them be nice. Let them be nice. It wasn't until the black officer stepped out that I was like, okay, like this isn't going to be a stressful situation more than it already is. So like, yeah, I'm terrified. I would never call the cops if I didn't have to. Yeah, I think another thing that comes into play with, um, you know, criminal justice is that historically in the United States, we have never um, really had repercussions for police in terms of like the actual Department of Justice. You know, police for a very long time have been able to get away with stuff like that. It was almost like an immunity thing. You know, if you were it a It still cop, is an immunity Yeah, thing. if you were a cop, we're, we're really starting to like...
Let the bride kiss me away. Kiss me away, bro. Does it? Oh, yeah. Oh, Does yeah. it really? Oh, yeah. I'm, like, always tired. I have sleep apnea. It's really bad. Phew. Um, But, yeah, no. So, like, when cops feel like they have immunity, like, it might it might even be unconscious, but, like, uh, or subconscious, but, like, that that almost gives you a little bit of edge when you go into a situation and you're like, well, now if I know I have repercussions for my actions as a police officer, that's going to make me think twice about what I do here. I think repercussions lower the situations, but they don't stop them completely. People are smart. People evolve. If you're in a situation where you've got new rules, say your mom put new rules in the house. Eventually, one day, you're going to have ways a, to I'm work around that new rule. And it's the same way with police. That's, like, why, well, I'm sleeping my that's why reformation for me is such a bad idea. Because you want to keep the system in place, but you want to make changes. But you, you can't change a system that has been running this long on what it has. Like, they are stuck in their ways. It's going to take an arm and a leg to even get reform. And once you get reform, I highly doubt most police departments are going to really enact them. Yeah, it's it's a little bit difficult to enforce. Yeah, and then you like have to... And when you do... Also, the like problem that. that law enforcement is not, like, really government-funded. And there there is the possibility that you can call 911 and they're like, I don't know what you want us to do about it. And you're like, what? You're not, <laughs> you're not coming? And they're like, we don't have to. Which is true. Like, cops don't have to come to every 911 call. It's mm-hmm. simply because they do that we expect it, but they never have to. So, putting in, like, government-mandated stuff or trying to really enact change in law enforcement is also really tough because you're trying to change something that you really have no part in. How big of an effect do you think lobbying plays a role in this stuff? Like, in Congress? Not a lot. Lobbying would be more of a prison thing. It's more of like just a cultural thing at this point. Yeah, yeah. I bet uh, prison lobbyists are there all the time. NRA lobbyists, you know, stuff like that. But like, if we're talking about cops specifically, we're going to be talking about prison lobbyists. Prison. There's probably a lot of prison lobbyists, but not. It's only because the United States makes so much money off of private prisons and keeping people in prisons that they allow law enforcement to be the way that it is because mm-hmm. clearly it's working to affect the bottom line in a positive those way those beds are getting filled and they're getting their money why don't you tell our uh, people out there a little bit about how precincts work with drug bust and the money involved in that oh okay so when it comes to a drug bust um the money confiscated can be kept by the officers mm-hmm. Yeah, the department can keep that money. And it's kind of a crappy situation because even in situations like, um, say you get pulled over for a traffic ticket and your officer is just like, what, like he wants to check you, he's suspicious, he finds $300 in your car, well, he can take that $300 as evidence and they pretty much keep it. Like, while you're sitting in your jail cell waiting for your court date, that, I mean, that's their money at that point. You're not getting it back. Even though, like, there's no charges? No. If they drop the charges, it's still their money. And that that gives an incentive to, like, bust more people, you know? Yeah. yeah I mean, officers get bonuses. bonuses yeah. For you. Yeah. Plus, also, at the same time, there is, uh, I mean, I almost wanted to call it corruption, but it's... 
it's not, but it is just ultimately shitty to the American people how police officers get paid so little and how much they get paid for overtime. So it is not in their best interest to go and get this guy processed who's been sitting in a jail cell for three hours, but police officer doesn't get off until two more hours from now. Then I can start processing him right before I'm supposed to clock out, and sure. now I get all this overtime. Sure. Exactly. This dude has been sitting in a jail cell all day, but I couldn't. And they get paid by us. tax dollars, right? Uh, yeah, that's yeah. a general idea. Depending on like if you're police for like the city, or if you're like a sheriff, or you're somewhere in between. Like it depends on like what tax dollars actually come to you. But yeah, it's kind of funny how like police work different in different regions. Like, I had never in my life seen a sign for a sheriff before. Mm-hmm. And you get down to the south, and y'all, 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 y'all have, like, these sheriff signs, like, Sheriff Yee, you know, sheriff and, Yee. and whatnot. And it's like, I was like, what is that? And that she was actually explaining to me that y'all, like, vote for your sheriffs. Yep. Now, but I could be wrong. Wild West. Yeah, <laughs> I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that's not something that most of the United States does, you know. I really um, doubt it. I don't think, um, I don't think it's something that you've ever seen before. No. Living in, like, suburbia New York, because yeah. you're around one of the biggest cities in the world, you're not, like, nearly country or rural enough to, like, see you be outside city limits and there being small cities within counties. Yeah. And the county needs to be patrolled, not just the city. So that's when you need to share it. Yeah, because we have, like, town, 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 town. And y'all got, like, town. Pastures. Pastures. (laughs) Maybe, maybe like a city all the way over there. Yeah. Yeah. When I was growing up, it was not uncommon that if I wanted to go to the next town over, I'd have to drive for about twenty minutes. Yeah. Twenty minute drive was nothing back in the day. Anywhere you wanted to go anywhere, it took twenty minutes. Twenty minutes. It's crazy. Get to a good town, like a big town. You had to go about forty five minutes away, and it was just a military town. (laughs) <laughs> or yeah, Athens. That's, that's what I was, well, let, let's get back to the top a little bit. Um, how do you feel about cops that patrol areas that they didn't grow up in? Oh my God, no, no. Why? Like Why? Zero tolerance for that? No, like there should. Okay, I understand you can't help it all the time, but I do feel like law enforcement should make more effort to put officers that came up from that community back in that community because they know how to best serve that community they know people in that community they know how to talk to people in that community they know how to de-escalate situations in that community it's ridiculous that you send a white officer that has grown up his entire life in predominantly white suburbia into a inner city poor drug-stricken area like that is a recipe for disaster. You are sending someone that has probably never had many, like, deep fears. Like, not deep fears, but, like, they probably haven't had a gun run up on them before. You know what I'm saying? Like, they probably haven't been so robbed in the street before. Like, you can't put someone that sheltered in a situation so broad because it's, like... It's like you're asking for the stress to take over and something bad to happen. That is true, and I definitely do agree with that. I just don't know if that's a problem you can really get around. Because, let's go back to your example, this 
neighborhood as you were describing, how many of these upstanding young men or women actually want to become a cop if they see all their friends well, that's and family the thing. Get, be arrested and they're always being well, policed and they're getting pulled over all the time? How many of them would actually want to be a cop or could stomach the maybe community shame that might come along with you becoming a cop because we do know in certain areas that would be very looked down upon, especially right. if you're a minority who gets policed often right. and there's a fuck 12 mentality. Right. You know, you can't really say, hey guys, I'm doing this for us to police us. And they're like, what? Well, what the thing doing? with like, the. These people don't really want to become cops, so I don't really know unless you're talking about like white suburbia or like different streets in New York, then you could probably get people who. You know, cops are everywhere and can police our own communities, but most of the time, law enforcement is made by people outside of, like, sheriffs. Sheriffs are usually within the county, and small cities usually have people within that. But you start getting up even a little bit. You're just finding police officers who are bouncing around trying to get police officer jobs anywhere. Like, you can go on the Athens-Clark County website and apply to become an Athens-Clark County police officer. And if I had the training, I could absolutely do that and become that and have a very great career. But I grew up two and a half hours away from here. They don't really care. They're getting whoever wants it because no one really wants to be a police officer. Well, and that's the thing. That's the topic of, like, when you really look at that topic and you take it into your, like, hands and deal with it, you realize that America's kind of at the situation where it's too late. Well, it's not too late, but it's, like... Putting officers in back into their communities is something that we will have to start and work toward, and that's going to be part of the whole reworked new system because America's kind of too far off that now. Like, we're at the point where minority communities, impoverished communities really distrust police officers. So, of course, it's going to be hard, you know, in the first few years to get people... But once you start doing what you can now, today, to put even a couple familiar officers in that area, that's going to, one, like, way reduce the issues that are happening with violence and getting beat up by the police. Um, And it's also going to put people in the position where they're like, oh, yeah, well, now I can be a police officer because they're not against me anymore. These are my people. They were raised here. Like, also, that fuck 12 mentality is probably going to... Yeah, like the bit. fuck 12 mentality. Oh, the F12. Sorry, you two. Um, <laughs> it's, it's okay. It's past the first 10 minutes. We'll be good. Oh, I've, I've got my age restrictions on. Don't worry. Period. Um, yeah, the fuck 12 mentality will eventually start to dissipate once we start putting these officers back in their community to properly serve their community. Yeah, I just think my issue is like... Who's going to stand up and be the first people to volunteer to be the new peace force for the community? Well, that's with everything. Who's going to be the first one to step up and really say, yo, this racism stuff, tired. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's... Sorry. Yeah. I. So, if we could pivot just for a second, I got something I want to ask Shay about. So, I would say that probably right now, we are probably starting on another decade probably civil unrest just like we saw in the 60s and we saw in the 60s it was really led by this anti-war movement for vietnam and also civil rights for black people and it's kind of crazy that we're still kind of arguing the exact same things today except the war is between our own political offices 
that are currently happening, but we're still talking about racism, you know, against black people. But I think the first time, I think Martin Luther King, like I used to say Martin Luther King did not do his job because obviously we're still talking about it and it's very sad that it didn't happen. I kind of switched my stance on that to say he did do his job because he we have equal rights for black well, people. Well, right here was now. the thing with Martin Luther King Jr., his job was just starting and he was assassinated. So really people, you know, we talk about the civil rights movement and we're like, oh yeah, we're not racist, civil rights movement, woohoo. But when you really think about it, what could have been achieved in the civil rights movement was not because it was kind of cut short and then it was overshadowed by Vietnam and the women's suffrage movement. Yeah, and I definitely do think that, first of all, like, bravo. Like, as a person who starts it, him and Malcolm X both, you know, they deserve all the accolades that they do get. I'm a Malcolm X guy. Malcolm X is more like how I would do things. Martin Luther King is definitely a reputable guy. You gotta fight the fucking system, bro. Period. The thing is, is that they did amazing for breaking into it and just being as big as they were and how they could just influence the country in such a big way. And to like today, we have equal rights for black people. So you could say their main goal was accomplished. But I think this civil rights movement that um. we're currently coming across is now specifically dealing with the way black people are treated rather I than considered as citizens. I feel like when when you say equal rights, you really have to think about what equal rights really entails. Sure. Because if you really think about it. We as black people to this day, we don't have equal rights. We don't get paid the same wage for the same amount of education. We don't get the same treatment at the hospital as a white patient gets. The African-American maternal death rate is ridiculous in this country because people COVID. refuse. Yeah, because people and the for in general. Yeah, like we saw it with COVID. Like black people are not taken seriously in any situation in this country ever. So. I mean, can we go to school with white people? Yeah. Can we eat at a restaurant with white people? Yeah. Can we sometimes, hopefully, usually expect white people to not call us the N-word in our faces and spit on us? Yeah. But are we equals in this country? No. I can't go to work with my natural hair out because that's unprofessional. Some women go to college for eight years and get this amazing job they can't even protect their hair in protective styles like box braids because that's unprofessional you know what i'm saying so are black people truly equal right now no yeah and i think that's kind of my my point was that i was saying like in terms of being a citizen and like letter of the law y'all are considered equal now which kind of you would say kind of in that regard but if we're going to take it from where it was maybe a hundred years ago. Yeah, there's definitely been some progress, but now I think it might be the time to tackle the way bigger and yeah. harder issue to deal with, which yeah. is our treatment of black people in this country. And I think that's probably going to be more of an uphill battle to climb. It is, but I already see, you know, the pillars start to break in it because now is the worst time in the world to be a racist. Everybody is looking out for who is racist right True. now. So it's going to become a thing that I think maybe could die out, but I think it might take a whole decade, just like it did the 60s, to really do some work like right now. Um, I hope we're on the verge of really pushing through to fix it because I will be at whatever march I need to be at, whatever conference I need to be at. Like, I will be there. 
Um, We really can't continue to live in this world of unfair treatment without some, like, type of pushback. And I feel like what we're seeing right now is so social media influenced. We never know when it's, is it performative or are you genuine? And I feel like that's kind of the issue that we're... like what Black Tuesday was. Yeah. With like the Instagram post. Yeah, like you have people posting for Black Tuesday that have MAGA in their bio now. Or Trump 2020 in their body bio now. And it's like, you can't be a Trump supporter and also support Black Lives Matter. Like, it doesn't work. Like, being a Trump supporter in itself, like, supporting that man in itself is completely against everything that Black Lives Matter is. So you can't, you really can't do both. I'm sorry. Controversial. You can't do both. No nuance November. Um, Nice. Thanks. Um, But, yeah, I don't know. I feel like we're just, we're really at a point where we've got to either push and push hard. Yeah. Or we've got to be ready for another five, ten years. That push got started with George Floyd, and it was pushed hard. Well, here's the thing: that was that was pushed to in the the black community. Do you hold up? Pause for a second. That's way too fun. All right, so with the whole George Floyd protest that really popped up, you know that that started that push that you were talking about. Yeah, um, I agree. George Floyd definitely started a much bigger push than we've seen in a while. But um, when you really look at it, every time there's a death by cop of a black man, it's like there's a push for a couple months and then it it dies down and then it happens again. No, I feel like this time people are a lot more fed up with it. Like people are actually talking about it. I just think George like the whole incident was just so the whole incident was video yeah the whole thing was egregious you're kneeling on a guy's neck for eight minutes and 46 seconds like no one had ever seen that on and he's sitting there begging you for his life like i think everybody here at this table probably watched all eight minutes and 42 seconds of that video. i couldn't watch it my dude like i tried i could i I made myself i made myself watch it because this is the i mean you've got to Sometimes it's like it hurts to see it, but it also hurts to know that if you're not getting it fully, you're not going to be able to aid the problem. Yeah, because it's like if I can't sit here and watch this happen for as long as it happens, how can I excuse this police officer who did it? Exactly. Exactly. And I feel like with. If I can't even watch this, how can I ever excuse the fact that he did it? You know? No, I agree. I agree. Um, and you know what? He's getting charged. He's going to go to jail. He already posted bail, though. Like, he's he's not in prison well, right he now. He didn't post bail, did he? He, I, he was able to post bail through whatever donations he received. And his bail was at a million dollars. Yeah, it was set at a million dollars. Ridiculous. That, I mean, that shows that, like, people are okay with that. That shows that people, like, support that. Well, and... I mean, we've been living in a country where they, the KKK have yet to be condemned. You know what I'm saying? Like, do you expect any less? You think Joe Biden's gonna declare them terrorist group? Um, I, yeah. I hope so. I, I don't mean, know I what Joe's really out. gonna do. I hope he doesn't pussy out and call the Proud Boys, like condemn the Proud Boys. Yeah, like condemn we're not worried about the Proud Boys. Condemn they the rip offs. We're trying to. <laughs> 
I hope they see this. Get these, get these generic rank clans members out. Y'all ain't shit. Literally. But um I really Joe's kind of a wild card for all of us right now. Like we don't know like is he really gonna uphold all the things that he said or is he about to get in here and do something completely different? So I hope and pray that Joe goes forward with labeling them as a terrorist group because it's so ridiculous. Like they've been terrorizing American citizens for how many years and they've still yet to be called what they are. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. It, 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 if anything, it just proves that America is a country built and founded on racism and we are still racist, which. Yeah in my opinion, does not make us the greatest country in the world by far. Now, not to say there's not racism in other countries. There obviously is, but... Well, we've got a, like, ingrained... Yeah, like, it's ingrained in our from system. From the beginning. You know, even with the police, like you said, like, the police were started with a racial bias. They, what were they, um... What what, did they, what was it? What they did? Slave patrol. So they... They, they would find runaways. Runaway enslave people and like when you start a system that's already based in that that that's a culture it's hard to break away from it i mean and there's it's really sad because you look at like all the systems that police have like in order to predictive police and it's like all of these areas are minority areas impoverished areas and you're like to an extent yes there may have been crime there but now it's to the point where you're putting officers in that place to find crime with stop and frisk and that's not their job and that's not their Their job job. to protect exactly and And when you have a like what is the african-american percentage of our population like 13 percent something like that is it 13%? Well, regardless, like, the minority population now outweighs the white population in the United States. So when you've got 50% or more of the country that feels like they're not protected by the police, that's an issue. Like, that's something that has to be changed. We don't have a choice anymore. Like, you, yeah. you Like, whatever the change is, like, you have to do something. Right. I think, um, I think fixing the police has to start with one crucial step and then all of Shay's steps. And I think step number one is ending the drug war. I agree. If they if they have too much to do, simply take it off their plate. Stop making drugs illegal. Oregon just lost their minds and made all drugs legal because now they didn't lose their minds prop to them <laughs> that was fucking awesome yeah, yeah. do you see the air quotes everyone else thinks they've lost their minds because they're awesome. like this is crazy but they don't ever talk about the organs now focusing on rehabilitation and treating drug addiction and that's what you're supposed to what sense does it make to throw a drug addict in prison what is that going to well, not, not even Why just are you that, punishing people, them for being People are getting arrested sick. with, like, a, a very menial amount yeah, of and drug it's possession crazy and going to jail for, like, 10, 15, 20 years. Exactly, like, and when you really look at these drug laws, these drug laws are meant to keep minorities in prison. Like, um, the same amount of cocaine and crack, It, I think crack gets you, like, 15 to 25 first defense it was 50 to 1 like the ratio like it was like 50 to 1 ratio so like if you got caught doing crack your crime was supposed to or your um 
legal consequence was so, supposed to be 50 times worse than it was for cocaine. Yeah. And if you look at the proportion of people that use cocaine and people use crack, exactly. one side is white and one exactly. side is black. And that's why, so, like, because all the big, bias the big white politicians, cocaine yeah. is their party Under drug. Obama, so they're not he gonna... was able to lower that. But, I mean, we're talking about going from like 50 to 1 to like we had 20-something to 1. Like, it was, it's still like, if you get caught with crack, Exactly. You're going to jail it's for because longer time we've than you had... get caught with cocaine. And just to make it clear, crack is cocaine with, like, baking powder in it. Like, there's n- okay. there's not really a difference. That's, that's not true, <laughs> but, like, I get you. I, I mean, is there is there, like, such a big difference between the yeah, two substances? there's a pretty big difference. There. You want to explain it? Um, the so, cocaine is basically derived from like, like a plant obviously Cacao. i'm not really gonna get into the process of like how it's made but basically at the end of the process you have cocaine yeah and then you can do either one of two things with it well three things you know like the first thing is obviously you can just sell that or do it yourself straight up and that's like considered premium it's not cut with anything you made it and then you packaged it up like this is fresh okay. and you sell that for a lot higher yeah. so a lot more rich people buy that because cocaine that's not cut with anything is actually very soft to the nose and it's a much more pleasurable really? experience like doing cocaine theoretically should not hurt it should be very soft and as soon as you feel any pain with cocaine that means it's um it's like cut with something uh-huh. and that's how drug dealers meet their margins where let's say you have a pound of cocaine but i also have two tubs of creatine over here and, co- and cocaine is super strong anyway, so you get any of it, you're going to feel it for a minute. But you may not feel it as long because I took that one pound and then split it up into thirds, and then I divvied out creatine. You mixed it with whatever. Like, creatine yeah. has, like, no flavor. It doesn't really hurt the nose that bad, but it's certainly different, and it certainly looks like cocaine at the end of the day. Yeah. Because you also bleach your cocaine, so it's pure white. It's a white powder. Yeah. So what, what is, is crack? Brown, is a brown powder. Actually. Okay. So when you see white cocaine, it's been bleached. Okay, so what, what is crack? What is the difference between the two at that point? So that's the third option. Instead of cutting it or all that, you can turn it into crack, which you add chemicals to it that solidify it. And then it requires a higher melting point, so it turns into these little rocks. And that's, that's why you, you smoke s- it, right? That's why you smoke it, and when you smoke it, you're like holding it over a flame for like five minutes before anything starts to happen because you're, in essence, melting a chemical rock to yeah. sure. Okay. Ooh, Re- regardless, like, the main ingredient of crack is cocaine. Like, you can't make crack without cocaine. So, like, mm-hmm. the, the issue isn't, like, okay, crack is a much worse drug than cocaine. You know, the issue is why is the legality consequence for crack, which is essentially cocaine or at least the main ingredient is cocaine 50 to 1 you know because crack was implanted into black neighborhoods yeah so that that's that's the war on drugs which is something that needs to end and so so yeah to get back to that original point you end the war on drugs now police like now there's just not they have nothing to go look for there's not as much crime exactly you can only respond when people call you exactly there's nothing to look for except for like traffic stops but i agree in like five years we'll be like china and everything will be recorded as we're going down the highways anyway so now we don't even really need cops to do that because we'll have video footage that we can show insurance cctv i agree i'm yeah no as soon as we put an end to all these crazy drug laws is when we'll really be able to take the next step mm -hmm. i agree 
And now I will say my only fear for Oregon with legalizing all drugs and focusing more on rehabilitation, I better not see y'all just snatching people unwillingly to put them in drug rehab facilities. Right. That can't happen. You need to be offering services and help these people out, but you can't take them against their against will. Against them. Against them. Because at the same, because that's just more prison at that point. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. in drug rehab, you know, if there's any sort of corruption that would happen in there, you know, like, we can't say anything about it because you're going there to be actually rehabilitated instead of prison. Right. But if you're still treated poorly in there or there's still racism, whatever, and it's not exactly what we see on the surface, especially if it's new public instituted, yeah. like, rehab facilities that are an arm of the government or have something it's to do with a branch dollars. off private prisons, then, you know, we're getting into some weird territory that people are being put against their will, just like in prison, but now it's under the guise that we're helping you. Right. So people are going to be more okay with it. But then when people get there, they're like, this isn't what this it is. Isn't I what can't talk about it because they're saying they're helping me. Right. Yeah, so if they do it the right way, it can not just kind of work better, but it can really help to rebuild that trust in the system a little bit. Because I feel like America has never been at the point that it is now where, like, the majority of people, whatever, like, political side of the spectrum you're on, like, we don't have faith or that much faith in the system right now. It, everybody feels like it's failing them in one way or another. Yeah. yeah. And, I, and I think, and I was thinking about this the other day, someone drew a comparison to me about, like, how the United States government and its people have always had the exact same relationship where it's, I hear what you tell me to do and based on whether I like you or not, I'm going to do it. Exactly. Because you can't really enforce it because this place is too big. So, it, you know, you hear all the time that, like, police officers aren't going to, like, step down or, like, enforce a law in certain areas, which they don't have to do because they're not part of the actual government. But think back to when quarantine first started. Right. Who was actually told to do the things that we did to stay inside and to start wearing masks and, you know, only leave if you need to get groceries and stuff like that? Who came to our door and told us to do that? Nobody. We just saw it on social media and we saw it on TV. And we did it. And we just say, okay, I guess this is what we're doing. And we changed our whole lives around what we saw on our phones and on TV, what our government and, like, officials told us. Right. But if we didn't like them, you know, we would say, nah, I think I'm all right. And I'm still going to go down to Florida and party on the beach like we saw a whole bunch of other people doing. Because they're like, what are you going to do? You're not. It's my spring break, bro. You're not coming to tell me. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is my life. And I don't really have, like much stock in what you say so i'm not really gonna do it so i think that might also be where the divide in america is coming from is because simply we don't have enough trust in our public offices and in government to actually do what they tell us to do because we don't trust what they tell us to do exactly and we're leaning towards we need to fix what's happening over there and some people trust in the system some people don't it's just i think america's lack of trust in its own government really causes all the polarization that we see today and i think racism is a big part of why we don't trust that government right because if it's still a thing that we're dealing with today obviously you didn't do your job and govern us right exactly people don't riot unless they're governed right right also like quick side note i don't know why people are trying to make rules for rioters like 
don't loot and like ride and smash windows of small businesses like they're rioters it's illegal what they're doing anyway you want them to have rules while they're out there doing that like what are you what are you trying to accomplish right there people don't riot unless they're super mad anyway by the way if you don't listen to them when they peacefully protest which is 90 percent of the time in the case of black lives matter and george floyd they're going to riot because what are you going to listen to if i don't sit here and like speak through a microphone at you very yeah. peacefully maybe a brick through the tire shop will help you, you know Maybe a break through the tire shop. Well, yeah. Question for you, um, Shay. How how does the DOJ, which is the Department of Justice, tie into all this? Like, do do they make a difference? Can they make a difference? What, yeah. what is their role? They could. I mean, it depends. Who are you talking about when you with like police reform and police brutality and like criminal justice? They can. Like, we've seen departments, like Georgia Department, put in, like, more training hours. Um, Not all states even require de-escalation training. Georgia does now. Um, So they can make changes, but I feel like when it comes to anything really over-reform, the changes, it's going to be hard to come from the inside. You know what I'm saying? That's coming from like yeah. public pressure. Yeah, like it's gonna have to be some public pressure plus federal we, influence. Had so much public pressure. This but year plus for federal, change. we're gonna have to have some federal backing to really get anything well, yeah, with, with passed. A Trump administration, well, we gonna but have that. we see in New York they defunded their police, so it really just it depends on your area. Yeah, and um, where was it, Minnesota? Yeah, it really just they, they completely abolished the police. It depends in, like, on your area, like down here. Yeah, the city of Minnesota. Down here, it would have to be, it it would be or tooth and nail to get that done. Do you Anything think that's done. something that might hun- happen under Joe Biden? No. Uh, I, I know he's the crime bill guy, but like he, he has taken a stance on this, um, what do you call it when you run for president, campaign. Um, he's taken a stance on, throughout this campaign that he, he's with Black Lives Matter. Yeah, but I don't know if he'll actually do anything. No, not even with Kamala Harris is there as well. Yeah, not no. even with Kamala. But I will say, you know, if Georgia somehow manages to get a blue governor in there, we Stacey might start Abrams. to see some changes. Specifically for Georgia, not on a federal level. Yeah, oh, but on a federal level, we need Joe to do something. But he, I don't think he's going to... Can the DOJ take like their own action? Or is that, that something that has to come down no. from... That, that has to come from the top? The Department of Justice deals with exactly what with what gets brought to them. Yeah, okay. that's trying like to the Supreme Court. Uh, the, mm-hmm. I mean, the Supreme Court's at the very top of the ladder, but there's there's probably like a hundred different levels you would have to go through just to get to the Supreme Court. Sure. And all these courts have to agree this is above that. My this pay is above grade. it. I'm not gonna decide this. Send it up higher. Okay. That's when you start getting like Bush v. Gore. And like the presidential election way back when, and they had to come in and be like, "All right, stop counting Florida." Like y'all took too fucking long. It's taken (laughs) way too long, and George Bush won because of that. So that's what the Supreme Court does. But the Supreme Court really doesn't rule any on anything unless it gets brought Brought to to them, and we only hear from them so much because the things that always get brought to them are presidential elections, same-sex marriage, and abortion. Right. 
those are the three things that us as Americans routinely bring to the Supreme Court, and that's why it can get so flip-flopped on either side. Sure. But other than that, they don't do anything unless they're specifically told what to do. Plus, the Supreme Court is the only court that is allowed to find laws illegal. Unconstitutional, right? Yeah, but also illegal. Sure. Either unconstitutional or illegal. That's the only court that can do that. So all the other courts all the way down, they're just following whatever the letter of the law is. Yeah, I mean, so as, they, as they should be. Yeah, but if these laws are inherently racist... I mean, they're or fucking bullshit, then, yeah, there's yeah, an issue with that. But, like, the Department of Justice can't really do anything about that. Okay. Because they get, it gets brought to so that, that to would have to come, and decide what to do with these That problems. would have to come both on a federal level... And on a state level, right? Like, states would really have to adopt that that practice because the states get to decide how that's enforced, mm-hmm. even though something is mandated on a federal level. Yeah, like, it's, it's going to be some deep changes. Like, the whole system basically has to come down all, and be I mean, back there up. also what? needs to be Department of Justice reform, though. Sure. Because they're not without their own corruption with giving people of different races who have the exact same charge, and in some cases, even the exact same day, for the exact same charge with different whatever. No criminal background for either one of these people. The black guy got about 35 years in jail while the white guy got probation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For like, I believe it was like two and a half grams of weed. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So it's like, is the Department of Justice really going to help out from the inside? No. They have their own problems that they're not really too keen on fixing. Exactly. Plus, you want us to fix, what do you want us to do? We can't really do anything unless you bring it to us. You're going to sue the Department of Justice, sure. the legal system, doubt it. Well, let, let me let me ask Shay another question. What happens if nothing changes? Whew, um, I mean, this is America. Yeah, childish Gambino says so. Yeah, like if nothing changes, this is it. We're we're stuck here. There's not going to be more push. There's not. I mean, like there will always be push. There will like, always be push. Is it, is it going to be on the same level that we've seen? In I recent mean. Months? I hope, but if there's push on the level that we've seen in recent months, we should get changes. Yeah, I mean, there will be change, but if, like, it just doesn't happen, what, do people should if go back to their I, lives? This is, gonna, like, this is kind of personal what's... opinion. Like, I don't That's know fine, if you no. can... But I feel like if nothing changes, people are either going to get so sick of it, it's going to start a whole new movement... Or a whole new, like, revolution or something. Something past beyond. Yeah, like, it's going to be something bigger than we can even, like, probably think about right now. Because people are going to get fed up. Honestly, I worry because um, this is the exact same type of energy that dictators run off of. The supreme, I'm so fucking over this government, we're doing it. Right. That's, like, how that happens. That's how revolution happens. Or it could be how civil war happens if people just still don't treat black people the same way and i can't agree with you that they need to be treated normal not special not whatever normal they don't get treated normally like every other white person does that's enough for a civil war if that continues to go on i mean it's 2020 if we put 1960 as the beginning of this journey for civil rights hold on let's pause it's probably beat Oh, no, don't do that. Go back over here. My bad, guys. One second. See how fun this is. I'm just... Alright, we'll just be done with that one. And we'll make 
Alright. Um, babe, you keep going. I'm just trying to make you know. Three, two, one. So, I think in my mind that, you know, this is where dictators come in off of this kind of anger and hate that can build up towards a government. If this problem does not get resolved within the next 10 to 20 years, because I just looked it up and America is 244 years old. And if we put 1960, which is a very general term for when the civil rights movement started, we'll just call it the 60s, it's 2020. It's 80 years. In 20 more years from now, the United States will be 264 years old, and we would have been talking about how we treat black people for a hundred of those years. Yeah, you also notice how, like... Not even a hundred, like, the entirety of it, because, I mean, the Civil War was slavery. We, we, we like, even in politics, we only talk about, like, how minorities are treated. Even like that, before that. That should be an indicator in itself. Like, if you're talking about it, it's obviously a fucking issue. Like, we don't talk about, oh, what's going on in white culture, or, like, there's problems with white no, people. No, like, like, even we don't, we the founding fathers fought over this issue. Like, they couldn't come to agreement over this issue. So it's like, America really has, from the beginning, been dealing with the same issue, and here we are, 244 years later, and we still look stupid. It's just, like, this is the issue that could make or break America, and I don't know if enough importance is placed on that by the federal government, because if you don't fix this, this will inevitably be your downfall. Yeah, yeah. And to me, personally, I love America. I love everything. I love most things about it, I should say, but I recognize it has several different problems that need to be seriously addressed. And I never want to just, like move out of this country because of the problems that it has i want to be like actively participating trying to make it better because i do believe in what we have here it's just i didn't really have a say in how this I just shit was think... started but i know that it was started this way so now it's on us to fix it i just think as a free country the, the free country that america claims to be it is ridiculous that we even have to have these conversations it's ridiculous that we have to fight over gay marriage. It's a free country. This is supposed to be, you know, the country where you can be the most you you can be and still make it and survive. Yeah, and man. it's like if you're poor, you're gay, you're a woman. Like, there's so many things that it's like, oh, but if you're this, you don't count. Like, if you're nothing but a cisgendered, white, hetero male, like, you don't count. And it really, and it really does suck that way because you know, I mean, I do love this country, but this is an issue that I would like revolutionize for. Yeah. Right. I. This is an issue that if it did not get fixed by the time I'm like, let's say thirty-five. I'm out. That's prime freedom fighter years. You know yeah. What I'm saying? Like, True. Let's, let's get to it's it. Time to strap like, up. Let's, like, yeah, let's no, like, let's go it. at it, or I'm getting out because yeah, I can't. Because we have all these, we have all these kids also who are like 12, 13 now, where Black Lives Matter is being introduced while being in schools. Like, we see that being educated to people that this is currently happening because we currently, currently, like, are living through a history textbook chapter right yeah. now. In about 10 years, they're going to be like our age right now and yeah. 10 years from now we're gonna be so sick of it and that's that the like, thing hey, everybody we're done with this right can we be done let's be done with this and it's not gonna be pretty in the slightest mm-hmm. and this next generation like i really have hope for them like 
some of them are growing up obviously in conservative households but uh I feel like with this newer generation we're seeing a lot more people start to like think for themselves and not repeat their parents and which is so important yeah and we're also seeing a lot more around in the 60s too exactly that divide and hippies were seen as like these losers because they thought differently than their parents and now you meet a hippie today and it's like oh life turned out pretty well for you exactly didn't go that bad and you still have some of the same values that i have today like the values that you had back then i have these values today exactly so is it a generational thing like are we just gonna have to wait around like every 40 years for like the new batch of people who think this way to come out that's gonna be terrible i hope not (laughs) Ooh, i hope not because even our generation is a little too um old natured if that makes sense. Like, there's some in our generation that are really with it, and there's some that are like, no, absolutely yeah. not. And I also I also hate the age we live in where wherever you want to see, like, whatever you want to see on the Internet, you will see. You will see. Because you don't see all of it. Yeah. That's what these platforms want to do is continue looking at their platforms. Exactly. Those advertisement dollars interacting, you know, whatever. Instagram is basically a mall at this point anyway, so the longer they can keep you on there, you know, the more stuff that they're going to show you. And if you are a Trump supporter and you think defunding the police is just going to cause all the That's riots what you're and everybody's going to die, you're only going to see those things. Exactly, but if you you're actually... You're see Republican ad campaigns. Exactly. the other side but or if you, vice versa. Exactly, and if you actually look into, like, studies, science, like, actual research on the issue, actual um, articles just on the issues, yourself. if you educate yourself you will see, like, regardless of where you stand on the issue, like, you will see the problems. And it's just, like, for me, I feel like a lot of time when I'm talking to people and I'm trying to educate them and they give me all this pushback and I'm like, well, you're giving me this pushback because you haven't really looked into it. You're just, you're seeing what you see on Facebook. You're seeing what you see on Instagram. You're seeing your biased information. You are seeing QAnon posts because that's what your life is. Like... They would also say the same about you. Open though. a book. No, baby. They can't say that about me. I My information comes no, from they, research, my textbooks. My college education is my information. So it's like, you can fight me about it, but I'm reading what's down in this constitution. So I don't know what you want me to tell you. It's surprising how many people have never read the Articles of Confederation. And it's still an issue of what the Confederacy was actually for. If you read it, it literally says we're doing this so we can keep our slaves. They're doing it for states' rights. That's a part of it. They're doing it for more, like, local control of communities themselves. Like, the state is supposed to be, like, our United States government today. It's supposed to be outreaching, but you're not supposed to hear from them a lot. It's going to be locally enforced, and you get to keep all your slaves. Those were their things. That's literally all that And under our state's rights and your local rights, you get to keep your slaves regardless. So it's like you're out here talking about how great the Confederacy was and how the Confederacy is part of your history, but your history is heavily embedded in in keeping people that you go to school with, people that you walk in the hallways with a slave, property, not a real human, question mark, and you think that's okay? question mark like you I yeah I, I wasn't 
How embarrassing is it that we hit the three fifths compromise? Ooh, girl, you know what? How, how like, absolutely ashaming is that? We right. were a That it was even that like, was like okay that was the thing that, that they listen, were like, I'll yeah, the, we'll do I'll that. I'll be the first person to say, like, compromise is how you make progress. Because, like, that's what this whole podcast is about. It's about bringing people together, talk about different opinions, give them a platform to talk about so that people can see either something they agree with or something they disagree with and learn about the other perspective. But, like, something like that. Embarrassing. Something like that, bro. People. Bro, beans. People and their rights in this country. Every man is equal under God, right? Yeah, except for them black folks. If you're white, except. if you're fucking white and you're a man, <laughs> you're equal under God. It's fucking... It's a cisgender ridiculous. man. Ridiculous. Yeah, that too. Like, there's such a small group it's that that better represents. better, by God, not be gay. And you oh, better... Be hetero. Yeah, and also like, by God, which means like you should probably be religious too. And we're supposed to have oh, a don't get me started on so, yeah. Let's let's not get started on all that. That's a whole other podcast. We we can talk about that for another hour and a half. Um, and we're probably coming up on an hour right now. So do y'all want to get your last, last remarks in? Yeah, one more America's embarrassing story. Um, <laughs> I was probably talking about America. So like she's according our embarrassing to, older sister or something like. Yeah, guess what America did at Christmas. Yeah, but it's it's almost like learning something about an uncle you always loved, and you're like, oh, oh. man, that sucks. Creepy uncle and America. the uncle that we're talking about is Abraham Lincoln. Period. And Abraham Lincoln had to be convinced to do the Emancipation Proclamation because he wanted to preserve the Union so much so that he was like, they'll get to keep their slaves. And it was only because of public pressure from the North and his committee that he finally made it to where black people would be freed under the Union. But he had to be, like, really convinced of that fact was going to help them win the war. And at this... the time he did it, they were losing the war, and he did it mostly to gain, like, boosting for the war. And also, at the same time, it was very certain that Britain and France were going to, like intervene in the war but on behalf of the confederacy to get rid of the old union because the confederacy is where england and france got all their cotton from and it was a very profitable business and of course the south was saying that they need slaves to do it and you know we're not going to really touch that because slavery is illegal over here but we want our cotton so whatever you got to do to get us to that we'll go do it but then as soon as abraham lincoln was convinced to make it about freeing black people England and France can no longer step in because slavery is illegal for them. So now they kind of have to be like, well, okay, well, now that you say that you're doing it like that, now we can't do anything about it. So England and France, these foreign powers who've been messing with our stuff for literally since the birth of the country, this was like, this was really the thing that got England and France to stay out of our shit. And... Abraham Lincoln, it's like his crowning achievement that he did this, and he had to be and everybody's to like, do it. And it Abraham more, more Lincoln, Emancipation Proclamation, Abraham Lincoln saved the slaves, Abraham Lincoln was so amazing, he was not racist, and it's like... He was not racist in the fact that he never did own slaves. He never owned slaves, but I'll give him that, but that did he, he really care about the well-being of black people? Probably but not. You know, he, d- he did take a bullet for his, for his actions, because... 
Yes. He took that some, bullet somebody, because somebody was mad at him and what he decided to well, do. That, what, what, he, what I'm saying is, like, yeah, re- regardless, regardless yeah. of being convinced or not, because, you know, ideally, he should have been somebody who stood for that from the very beginning. But he, he let, let's not diminish the fact that he did do that shit. He, he did. Like, that, that was a huge step in progress for America as a whole. I mean, yes, he did it. That's true, but and you shouldn't he, and, be and praised. He got, and he got killed for it. As yeah. this amazing figure when but he was really just slamming. Do you want to hear the conspiracy? Not really. He's a vampire slayer. <laughs> I, don't, I don't believe Abraham Lincoln was really a vampire slayer. And he was a vampire slayer? Yes. Yeah. You didn't see that movie? Who were the vampires? The Confederates? The, no, the vampires. The Obviously. vampires. Just he, like... was, he was kicking racist teeth in and killing vampires with an axe. What a fucking homie, dude. <laughs> what, <a guy laughs> what do you mean? So, Shady, you want to hear a conspiracy? Go ahead. I really want to talk about it. Go for it, boss. Every president that's been assassinated or, like, died because someone shot them has tried in some way to change the Federal Reserve. Uh-huh. You don't fuck with the Fed, bro. Andrew Jackson is considered to be our what president? Our most racist president? Yeah. Apparently, he wasn't. No, he was. He he might have been. No, he really but, was. But what I'm saying is he also was like one of the first people to like change the Fed. And now we remember him. As he did that to help poor racist. whites that couldn't own slaves. Yeah, but the Fed didn't really like that. Yeah, but he was still racist. Like, did he try to do it? His writings... About like just like life in general, black people like he he was racist. Really? He just didn't like Take that the southern the aristocrats America. got slaves, but okay. the white poor mountain people didn't. Okay, he might have been racist. I'll backtrack on that. It was <laughs> it was more of like, well, I want your money, and I'm gonna take your money away because you're a southern white aristocrat, and I came from I the mean, dumps yeah, of don't, Tennessee. Don't don't fuck with the Fed. What? Yeah, that's also, that's like messing with the Illuminati. Don't fuck guess with what's the, Fed. the most popular play right now. Hamilton, the dude who made the Fed. It's all connected. I mean, that's, that's okay, that but was like Hamilton's fucking idea. In dude. his defense, he was shot, and then they put his stuff into place. So he didn't really get to tweak it like he should have been able to. Hamilton didn't yeah. get to do that, but I'm saying, like, the Fed was like, hey, this play kind of slapped. This play kind of slapped. It also like, works for, like, our economy. Like, it was ha- the, yeah, Hamilton's, I I- like, entire... Um, system that he put into place was fantastic. But think about it. Lincoln gets shot after he tries to change the Fed, and he tries to change the Fed, and that's how we have greenbacks. Because they used to be more blue, and yeah. we're seeing a return to blue these days with $100 bills, Yeah. but he needed more funding for the war, and he couldn't get it because the Fed was like, nah, dude, we're not doing that. And he's like, fuck it, I'm printing my own money. And it was green, so that's how we have greenbacks. And guess what happens? As soon as... The war ends and the union's preserved. As soon as your job is done, you're out of here. We don't like what you're doing. All right, so Kennedy tried to do the same thing. As soon as shit died down with Kennedy, out of here. And we all say the CIA did it. All right, you know so moral saying? of the story, Lincoln was a vampire slayer. And don't fuck with the Fed. Because they will pike you. Do we have any closing remarks? Now that we're coming off in like an hour and 15 minutes. Um... My final closing marks are the criminal justice system needs to be reworked. The end. Get educated. Get educated. If you're not educated, if you saw something on Facebook, before you go and say it to somebody else, look it up. 
find a scholarly article or a research paper, find something that actually supports your claim. Because if you come at me with any type of baseless claim, I'm going to wreck you with <laughs> facts. And it's not because I want to fight. It's just because it's you can't spread false information. Not with the internet being on the level that the internet is on now. Like, you put anything on the internet and it's circulating in like 3.5 seconds. Like, with the whole... Oh, which conspiracy theory was it? And it gained so much popularity. Um, I don't know if I... Well, misinformation in general. Misinformation in general. So, yeah, like, everybody out there, like, it it, it hurts nobody to, like, take a little bit of your time. Like, you see something and, like, you believe in that. Like, just make sure, like, that's the rightful thing you're believing in. Make sure it's not, like, totally fabricated. And, like, if... Those are your stances, those are your stances, but, like, make sure there's some back into it. If you want to be loud in your opinion, accept the fact that you're wrong. Or it might, might be wrong, just look it up. No, sure if you're, you're loud right. in an opinion, accept the fact that you might be wrong. Yeah, because it's like, be yeah. you can't come to me and say, oh, yeah, the Democrats, they only wanted to win this race so that they can keep their child sex trafficking ring open and harvest adrenochrome because if you just if that's your opinion and you're going to be allowed in it you're going to have to accept that that is not correct mm. all right does you got any closing remarks just don't be racist and don't hard. be racist it's not it's hard. not hard, hard is it really it is really it takes you no time to mind your business just be a lover not a hater and if you're a hater, keep your mouth shut. Like, there, we don't, there's no need. Yeah. All right. Well, Shay, thank you for being our degenerate of the day. We appreciate you coming on. Thanks. And, uh, guys, please like and subscribe and leave some comments down below for what you think. Peace.